Deep in the heart of Appalachia, guys set on a quest to create the greatest podcast. Uh, sorry, dude. I thought we agreed on the correct pronunciation of Appalachia. No, dude. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about this over and over and over. It's, it's pronounced Appalachia. Listen, freaking angels and the women got together. That's how we got Bigfoot. That's how we got vampires. That's why we got all of this stuff. These ancient Appalachian mountains that are literally older than bones. There's old entities here. You start finding out more about them, they start finding out more about you. Good Lord, sir. (laughs) This goose has gone rabbit. You think you're just going to run up with your little sword on the king of the goose squad? Listen, the old entities of Middle Appalachia are unexplainable. Mm. They are eerie. Breach. And they are one of these things that will keep us, the hill folks, and the people who live in the area constantly searching for answers. Mm that they probably will never, ever find. And this is why we love Appalachian Intelligence. Hey there, Hill Folk, and welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Intelligence. We're extremely, extremely thankful that y'all could join us again for another edition of AI. With you tonight, your hosts as usual, Justin, Ryan, and Lance. Ryan, Lance, how you boys doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. <laughs> Sorry, there it was go. uncalled for. I'm doing there really well. Go. I'm glad to be here tonight. Oh, yeah, that was payback. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I'm glad you're here too, Lance. I'm glad you're here too. Me appreciate too, buddy. That. Appreciate that, guys. Makes me feel uh, validated. <laughs> All right, so you guys know how we like to do it. We like to start off with uh, reading a five-star review. So this week's five-star review comes from Chris123523. It says, stars plus five stars. I would rate your podcast more than five stars. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. So they're really excited. Love your take on topics. Happy to be a new Hill Folk listener. So Chris123523, we really, really, really appreciate you. We appreciate your review, and hey, we wish you could give us more than five stars, too, because that would really, really, really take up the whole score. That would bust the algorithm. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Yes, (laughs) yes. So you guys know where you can find us, all that good stuff. We share it all over the place. Um, And fortunately for you Hill folk tonight, you don't just have to deal with me and Ryan and Lance. We have a really, really awesome guest for you guys tonight. This lady is a part of the aristocracy of artistic Appalachian authors. She's a verifiable voice actor, valiantly venturing through the limits with her vocals, mixing ancient Celtic lore with old Appalachian hillfolkism. She is the creator of the podcast, The Ennis Forgettance, Leah Noel. Leah, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. Wow. Thank you for that. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm so happy to hang out with you guys tonight. 
We are glad to have you. Absolutely. The honor is ours. We are very, very excited to have you tonight. Um, Just a little bit like we were saying before, you know, you reached out trying to do a little podcast swap. And uh, we thank you for finding Appalachian Intelligence and and listening in a little bit. Um, But just trying to do like a a lot of us content creators do. You reached out trying to do a little promo, not a podcast swap, a promo swap to uh, just share on each other's shows. And when you first did that, I was like, yeah, absolutely. We'll do it. You know, no problem. Well, then I started listening to your show, The End is Forgetting. And within the first couple episodes, I fell in love with it. Like, it is excellent. So at that point, I told these boys, I was like, nah, we ain't just swapping promos. We've got to get her on the show. We've got to talk about this whole thing. Because, guys, out there, listen, before we even give her the opportunity to talk about her podcast, to talk about what she does (laughs) right now, even if you have to pause this episode to go do it, Go download all the episodes. I think she has like 30 right now. We're 29. For- We're waiting on 30, I think. <laughs> yeah, it, something like that. Yeah, 30. I think some of the platforms take a couple days. Oh. Mm. Yeah. See, Ryan, I was right. I was right. Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> but no, go over there right now. Check out the Ennis Forgettance. That is I-N-N-I-S-F-O-R-G-E-T-T-A-N-C-E. Script spelling bee champ of the world right there. He's he's for sure had that, written down. that was definitely, he's got that behind the screen somewhere. We just can't tell. No, no. <laughs> I got one of my kids holding cue cards back here behind the computer. <laughs> but no, go over there right now, download all the episodes, leave a five-star rating and review because she deserves it. And that's what you're going to want to leave after you listen for a couple of episodes anyway. Yeah, so, don't even just don't even give her the five star rating and review before you even listen. That's just what good yeah. people do. Yeah, for sure. So now, now that before, you're back, you, before we turn it over to her, Justin, I, I told her this before we got started, and I want to reiterate the point that you just made. I have OCD when it comes to things that I read. I have to finish like I'm, I'm if I watch it start a TV series. Care how bad it gets, I gotta finish it. Like I was the Walking Dead, I was in the whole time. It was it got bad. It did. We all know it did. But I couldn't quit because I have to finish it. It's just a it's a complex that I have. When I'm into a book, y'all know I read a lot of high fantasy. I love it because I can just fall away in the world for a while. I have to finish the book before I will consume anything else. Justin said, "Hey, we're gonna have Leon in um, his forgetting his podcast. It's really good." And I thought, well, I'll go give the first 20 minutes of the first, you know, first 10, 15 minutes of the first episode. Didn't know how long or anything. I'll go check it out and kind of see where it's at. And if it's, once I get done with my book, I'll dive in if I like it. I haven't finished my book yet. I dove in to the podcast and that has been consuming my free listening time. It is that good. Um, and that's, I know that doesn't seem much to you all, but for it to captivate and like it, it made me to where I, I had to listen. Um, it became an obsession. Um, so it's, I'm just working my way through it now. It, it is, it's, it's, I couldn't give it enough adjectives. It's articulate. It's, uh, it's current. It's, it's, it's very, um, authentic to the read. It's just everything you can possibly 
adjective or descriptive words I could give on what it is to be an Appalachian and the stories are the source there. It's holy cow, it is fantastic. Wow. I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're throwing that much love all over the place, I am a religious listener to probably three different podcasts out there. And when a new episode drops, first thing that morning, I'm in at work. That's what I'm listening to right off the bat. When I dove into the Ennis Forgettings, I left those hanging for a few days until I got caught completely up. Absolutely. So, it is so good. Go listen and, to it. <laughs> and now and now I'm at the point. Now I'm at the point that like when that newest episode drops and I listen to it and it's finished and I and I'm I'm hanging on the edge here. I'm hanging on the last thing that's going on. I'm like, no, I can't wait till next week. Oh, I'm going as fast as I can. <laughs> no, we definitely understand. We definitely get it. So now that you got all that love thrown your way right off the bat, which you deserve, really deserve, why don't you tell us a little bit about your show, how it got started, a little bit about yourself, um, just just whatever you want to say about all of it. This is uh, this is your time to talk about. It. You're the creator here. We're just <laughs> we're just fan <laughs> we're just fanboying, just fanboying right now. I mean, I like I'm just speechless. Like this is what you're saying is going to be soaking in for like the next three days, and then it'll final. I'll be like, Whoa. like because I'm just like oh so, um because it's taken me six years to write this story. And um, I wrote it as a novel. So not to get too far ahead, but um, so the Innis Forgettance is set in 19th century alternate Appalachia, because I wanted to be able to do whatever I wanted historically and not get distracted by who was president or whatever. Um, and then it also straddles timelines and it goes further into the past into like a, a Celtic fort. Um, and we all know the tie between like the Scottish Highlands and, and the Celtic world and Appalachia and the mountain region. Um, so, so that's what it is. And, and, uh, and the town of Inniscombe is haunted by these spirits that manifest as floating lights called the never seen. And the town doesn't know, like, there's so much that's unknown with that, but, um, yeah, so I wrote it as a novel. It's my second novel. Um, and I pitched it to 100 literary agents and I was rejected by all of them. Um, Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like I, because querying novels, at least for me in that time of my life, I was querying during the pandemic, which now I know is like the worst time to try to query because everybody was querying. But um, I told myself, okay, if I do a hundred and I don't get a yes, that's my sign. Like I can't, it's so emotional because you'll wait anywhere from like days to six months to hear something back. Um, so then I was just like, well, wow, what do I do? What do I do with this? Um, and I, I was just kind of like, well, you know, every author has a story that they put in a drawer that no one sees. I mean, 
Um, so I was starting to accept that. And um, it's kind of an interesting tale how I got the idea for it to be a podcast. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> so, yes, please. Um, and I'll try, like, tell me if I'm confusing because sometimes everything lives in my head, but then I forget to say it. So just tell me if I'm leaving plot holes. Um, so I I ended up connecting with an astrologer through a mentor of mine. And I've been curious about astrology for a long time. I have a story idea that will be very hev- heavy in astrology. And I've been like, well, I don't even know astrology, so I can't write the story. Um, and so when I connected with her... Um, through someone that I trust, her insight was so valuable for these other things. And it was just fascinating. And there was one day at the end of 2021, where I met with her and I was kind of telling her, like, I I don't know what I'm going to write next. And this book has been rejected by like everybody on the planet, it feels like. Um, And she was like, Leah, when I look at your birth chart, I really think you could speak. Have you ever considered speaking? And I was like, oh, huh. No, I never have. (laughs) Um, And it just so happened, my friend David, who does another voice, what, what? I, you're laughing. I, know, I, saw one, I just saw one of Lance's kids pop up in the back. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, we were giggling. Yeah, what's going on behind me here? Um, so my friend David, who does the other voice that you hear periodically, he had been on um, the Falcoholic podcast for the Falcons. So he had a lot of experience with audio and stuff. And he gave me my first mic. And he taught me a little bit and I was like, well, I'll just dabble and I'm going to make a couple episodes and I'll show it to my partners and like, we'll see how this goes. And as I was doing it, I remembered like, I always talked in voices growing up, like, and I did some theater and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how much I love this. Like, this is so fun. Um, Like, I remember watching Robin Williams in the behind the scenes of Aladdin. And like, I was just like this little quiet six-year-old and I'm watching him behind the mic, like gesticulating and yelling. And, and I was, I just remember being like, that was so fun. Um, And so then I found myself doing it. So that's how it became a podcast, which I did not see coming. Yeah. I'm glad that, Robin Williams was your inspiration into doing what you're doing because uh, it's awesome. It really is. And that's kind of the thing, like you don't really understand and see what these voice actors are doing. You know, you don't think about it behind the scenes unless you actually see it. So then when you start hearing this stuff, like there's certain parts throughout your show, you know, that I'm hearing like certain I'm hearing certain voices and I can see like in in my mind's eye, I can see like your facial expression, you know, how serious it could be. And then, then I can see, you know, arms flail. And so that's, that's a really, really cool thing because I mean, people can see me here talking regularly. I talk with my hands, I get a little animated. Yeah. So 
<laughs> I'm not even a voice actor. Yeah. I'm not even a voice actor. This you is my real voice. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've had some episodes where I get to yell and like, I'm a people pleaser and I don't like to yell at real <laughs> people, but I get to yell now and I don't have to feel guilty and it's the greatest. And I like, I'm waiting for my microphone to just go flop and die because I'm yelling at it so loudly. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> it is, uh, Justin's frozen again, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Look at that face. I had a question before. I had a catastrophe going on behind me. I don't quite remember what it was. Um, when you are, I guess, getting into character, I guess would be a good way to put it, um, as you are, because, of course, you're voice acting and you're there by yourself or not not probably a ton of people around i would assume when you're doing this yeah <laughs> so is it one of those things where each character obviously you you know them well you've written them obviously do you have you practiced um what each voice may be or have you spent or was it one of those things that when you sat down to start recording it was like all right this is going to be how i do this voice and this it would did it kind of just come out like how do you always i don't come come back to where, where does the source i guess for those characters that you are acting out how, where does that come from yeah i mean you know as i would write it you know i'm hearing exactly how i want it said when i'm writing it sure. and i really like doing it this way cuz then i get to be like no 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 this is how it sounds this is how you're supposed to hear it but um I really have not done a ton of rehearsing for most of the characters. And that's kind of what's been a surprise as I do this because I haven't thought. So then like sometimes a character will come on the page and I'm like, oh God, now I have to do this person. I forgot about this person. Like, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh no, I hope I can figure out this voice. So I kind of take it as it comes. Um, so for most of them, I they could kind of come up. I would say the character of Henrietta was one that I thought a lot about because she, I love her as a character. Um, trying to say, how much should I describe her for the listeners? She's, huh? What? <laughs> I think that's. I think that's. Lance, the do you part. know who Henrietta is? Y yes. Okay. You've yes. made it that far. Okay. I've made it that far. I think, yes. I think that's the tricky part, though, is is how much you want to really put out there, like in the interview. and, and <laughs> Without spoilers. Without spoiling just, just it for the people to make to people go listen. Just okay. enough to make them go listen. So I can say she's a very powerful older woman. Yeah, good. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. So for her, I was like, okay, I've really... I really want something. So I'd play around. And so like, at first I was kind of sounding like this and like, she's, she's gritty. Um, so I wanted her to have some grit, but then it was funny. Cause as much as I thought about her and I practiced when I started recording, she started sounding a little more like this, you see. And I was, I was, I'm having trouble pulling myself in and out of the voice. Um, and I was 
recording and I was like, I have heard this voice before. Like, I know this person. Who's this person? And I realized um, she, my parents had befriended this older lady named Lola when I was a baby. They met her in a restaurant and I haven't seen her since I was maybe six or seven. And we only saw her a couple times, but she must have made such an impression on me. And that's exactly how she sounded. And she would always hold up the sign language sign for I love you. And then she'd get down on my level and she'd say, I love you. And she was from Marietta, Georgia, which I didn't live in at the time when I started writing this. So it's like, I was like, oh my gosh, that was Lola. And I didn't plan that. Like I was practicing and practicing and practicing and it just came out. And I was like, who is this person? So, and then other times I might, you know, be inspired by a TV character and I'm like, oh yeah, like that, like that. Yeah, it's excellent. It's excellent. It is. Henrietta, <laughs> just to just to so just good. to wet y'all's whistles a little bit out there, Hill Folk. You hear us talk about our granny witches on here a whole lot. You hear us talk about our granny witches. I think that would be a good way to describe yeah. Henrietta. Yeah. Oh, there's so many granny witches in the story. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. yeah. It's funny though, because like I forget that like people don't know that I talk in voices. I, I thought everybody knew. So like even my husband was like, You open your mouth and a different person came out. And I'm like, Yeah. We've been married for 15 years. Don't you know that? <laughs> Voices like by myself, I guess. So because people didn't know. But that's how I used to annoy grown-ups when I was a kid. Well, it is it's an uncanny talent that you have. I mean, the story is is fantastic in its own right. Um, the ability that you have to get into character and give the story life, right? That's essentially what you're able to do. You're, I mean, it's, I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I listen to a lot of different things. And then one of the, one of the things that will always captivate me is yes, the story has to be good. And, and the story is, it is, it is top tier, top shelf, no dust type stuff. It's that good. Um, but the, the acting in it, like when I, I didn't, I thought that there were before Justin told me it was just you. I thought it was a whole host of people um, that were in on the production. I really did. I did had I did not know it was just. He's like, no, that's just just her. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, <laughs> that's it's amazing. And it, kudos to you. This it's just fantastic. And I just yeah. keep using all these words. I don't know what else to say. It's just so freaking good. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And I do have to say there is, you know, there's one voice I do not do. And that's the one that my friend David does. Cause I was like, okay, this voice needs to be legit creepy. Yeah. It can only go so deep. Like, right. Right. And that's just going to be silly. So no, we can't... that's just paw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. I did not think about how many male characters. <laughs> But I have to voice. But so David does that phenomenally. So it's been really fun to collaborate. And then the opening song was written for me by my friends, Lauren, Lorelei and Miles Landrum, who are local Georgia musicians. Uh -huh. And oh, my gosh, the way Lorelei captured the exact feel. I was just like, you get me. Um, so. 
So, yeah, so it, it is them too. Well, I actually catch myself a lot of the times like going around with it. Yeah. <laughs> it gets stuck in your head that you, you hum it. And yeah, yeah. it's earworm for sure. Yeah. yeah I, I, but it is, it is perfect to your show. Like, you know, I mean, I know they wrote it for the show, but it just fits the style of the show to me. They did so great. And I've told each of them, people have asked for a full length version of that song. So I don't, I don't know if it's in the works, but they, but they know it's loved. Yeah. Well, what I love like really early on in the show is how, is how you kind of encapsulate, you know, old Appalachian tradition. You know, this is something that I talked with Ryan about right off the bat. I said, you know, we, we've got uh, a community-wide corn shucking going on, you know, every, at the town center. I mean, that's that's only stuff that that Appalachian folks, you know, hill folk. That's that's they they know that kind of stuff. But what I love is how you keep everything, you know. And I don't think that I'm giving too much away by saying this, but Mama's crying sickness, mm. you know. There's a lot of things going on now, even though I think there's probably a lot more to that as the show progresses. <laughs> but shrugging <laughs> for those of you listening. <laughs> but what I love is you just take things like that and, and you you keep it in, you know, that kind of time frame of how people would think and how their, you know, their ideology is is based on these these certain things like, oh well. Well, I don't. I don't want to say. That. I don't want to give too much away. But you know, it's still like it, when I was a kid. My mom had a whole lot of mental health issues, and everybody else was just like, "She's just got to push through that. She's got to get over it." She's got. So I, I love how you give that look and that that take on old Appalachia as a, you know, there's real things going on that people were just in, not not to sound terrible, but they were just backwards in the, in their ways of thinking with mm -hmm. actual problems, you know, just like mama's crying sickness. Well, we're just going to not talk about it or totally avoid it. And, and just, you know, kind of cast off the family because, you know, it looks like and what we would think today as well. She's, she's battling a, a, with a major bout of depression and anxiety and, you know, all of these different things. So I love how you encapsulate what we would see as like modern day mental health issues and that, you know, is there's treatment for in these old Appalachian times, how people would look at some of these things. I just, I love that. Yeah. And so that um, there's a good bit of, I mean, as it is probably with anybody who creates something, there's a good bit of myself that goes into that as well. Um, cause I didn't realize that the, like, so I started writing it seven years ago. Um, so my son was like one and I was pregnant with my daughter and I didn't realize that I had postpartum depression at the time. It's really sneaky how you cannot realize that. But, um, my mom's mom had lived with chronic depression her whole life. And my mom called it crying sickness. Um, so that was kind of, and that was where like, it's, it's, I'm always in awe at how 
mystical creativity is because I just, I remember I was rocking my son and I wasn't even thinking about, oh, what should I write? And all of a sudden I heard mama's crying sickness is not my fault. And I was like, oh my, I think that's the first line of my next story. Um, And it just came like that. And then there was another line that has spoilers that I won't tell you that also <laughs> like I was just, cause you know, you all have kids like when they're, you can spend a lot of time rocking them to try to get them to go to sleep. And oh my gosh, my kids did not sleep. They're like morally opposed to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And so I spent so much time just like in the glider holding them and just like, and so then these like, flashes would come and I'd like put them in my phone. Um, but yeah, so that, that was where the, the crying sickness came from. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Foxfire books. My mom loved the Foxfire books. And so like we would do a taffy pull together and I just remember being drawn to them and like, what are these? And then I'd open them and I'd be like, this is way above my reading level. Never mind. Yeah, I think it's really awesome just where where creativity comes from, you know, and it's all based on usually it's based on some form of life experiences. You know, yeah. I'm I've started writing if and it's no nothing compared to the caliber of what you're doing. But uh I, I've started writing a little something called it, it's the well the title, the working title right now is the house at the top of the holler. Mm-hmm. And I have this whole idea for how I want to do it all, but it's loosely based on the holler I grew up in. You know, it's going to be about this, this old lady that was my neighbor that lived at the top of the holler that when I was younger, I always, I had this whole big fantasy world where she was this witch and she was like always trying to cast spells on me and, and like, and it's just because she was just a, an isolated, you know, recluse of a lady that she would go out and dig in her garden and, you know, she would go out to the store once a month. I mean, you never, you never saw her. So I had this whole, you know, <laughs> world that I created in my brain, but that's kind of what I'm basing this story off of. Oh, so, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, it, we, you get these creative ideas based on these life experiences and, you know, even just switch them up a little bit. But mm-hmm. what I think is really, really cool about your show too. Uh, another thing, I guess I, I've already said a couple of things, but another thing that I really like about it is I'm just a huge history buff. Love history, especially, you know, the Celtic history that, that Scots Irish, uh, I love looking into their stories and their culture and their belief system. Um, I just love looking at all that because I, I guess because so much has transferred from there to central Appalachia where we are that, you know, you grow up seeing certain things and you don't really think about it as you're growing up, but then you start looking at this old, like, you know, Scots, Irish, Celtic history and like, Oh, well, they were doing that a thousand years ago. Yeah. So yeah. that's another thing that I love about your show is how you take this setting in you know, 19th century alternate Appalachia, but then it has ties 
back to this old Celtic fort. Mm-hmm. I just, I love that. I love it. I love like you thinking about the things that happened in the past that echo through time. Um, yeah, like that, that's probably something that's always on my mind. And as a kid, um, I actually, I, now I live in the same neighborhood that I grew up in since I was three. So I would be in these woods out here and we would dig and we would find all these old bottles. And so even at that young age, I would be thinking like, wait, I I had this awareness of like, someone else was here. Who were they? And then um, at the time that I started writing The Innis Forgettens, we lived south of Atlanta in McDonough, Georgia. And we lived in a a farmhouse built in 1890, um, which was really cool. And then too much upkeep. But um, so me and my son would be out in the yard and I would find like a handle of an old cast iron pot. And I would start finding all these things. And I researched everybody who lived in that house. And that's where I was like, the term story keeper came to my mind. Cause I was like, when we moved in, like the lady that sold it to us, I was like, she made the place beautiful. It was falling down. It was empty. It was like probably going to get knocked down. She made it beautiful and brought it to life. But then when I was like, well, who lived here? She was like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, how do you not know? (laughs) So I dug it all up. And that kind of got me thinking about like story keeping. And um, yeah, those echoes of the past, like going way, way back. It's just, it's astounding. I love that notion. So Lee, I've got to ask, lived in a house that was built in the 1890s. Yes, I did. Do you have any? (laughs) Have any paranormal experiences? Yes, I did. Do tell. Okay. I'm cracking my knuckles. <laughs> um, okay. So I love ghosts, right? And and so do you. I assume. I feel like that's a safe assumption. <laughs> it's a really um, safe assumption. We love, it's so, really hard to operate a paranormal podcast not ghosts. Right. Yeah. That would be a tough gig. Um, so yeah, so I've, you know, any chance I get to go on a ghost tour, I I say I'm a ghost tour connoisseur. Um, and like, not, I don't like the ones where you're like in a hearse or like, you know, the ones that are kind of kitschy. Like, I'm like, tell me the real ones. Yeah. Um, So I go on all these tours. So then, um, when we had the opportunity to move into this old house, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the dream. And then of course, you know, as soon as you know when you move into a house for the first time or a place for the first time that first night, you're I don't know. I was just like, "Oh no, what's going to happen? I have so many regrets." But nothing happened. Um, and so so we lived there for 4 years and nothing happened. And so, you know, with with me having this penchant for ghost stories, you would think that my observation bias or my confirmation bias would have made me think I'm seeing or hearing something after all the tours I've been on and all the haunted places. And But I never had anything happen, even though I'd be like, ha, ha, no. Um, so we lived there for four years and I was like, okay, well, I guess everybody's passed on. Um, so that's That's good. That's good for them. Kind of sad for me. But um, not really. Uh, 
So yeah, so we lived there for four years and I contacted historians and local people to try to figure out every bit of the house's history. And um, let's see, I'm trying to trace my trail because it's been several years. Um, And when we first moved in and my son was just four months old, we actually connected with um, a relative of the original family. So she was like 94 and she grew up visiting the house because her cousins lived there. And so she came, we connected and she was like, thank you so much. I haven't been able to be within this house in decades. And this is so wonderful for me. And we had lunch together and she would tell us like, oh, this room used to be that, that room used to be that. Um, It turned out the room my kids played in was where the wakes were held, which I just could not stop imagining all the time. Um, And so she told me like uh, the original family, eh, kind of, there's more complicated details. Um, They had two daughters and a son and the two daughters never married. They lived together when they died. That's when the house went empty. Um, And then she said, and they had a a brother who died young and I didn't want to ask any further questions because that sounds like a sensitive topic and I wanted to be respectful. So I was like, okay. So um, I researched everything I could. I found family pictures and um, then we got a really sudden opportunity to move where we are now to be closer to family. And it, like, like we we're going to be out in 30 days. And that is when my daughter started talking to a spot in her nursery. So she is a very verbal child. She was like 20 months old. So like too young to be making things up. And my husband works at night a lot. So I had a lot of nights that I was just me and my kids in the dark house. And it was like the moment we knew we were leaving is when it started happening. And so um, the first night, like she had her little walker and she walked past her nursery and you know that look kids give when they're being watched like she stopped and she turned toward the spot and she kind of like smiled. And then she looked at me and she was like saying this word that I didn't understand. And I kept guessing and guessing and guessing and she'd keep pointing. And then I finally said mustache. And she was like, Mata over there. And I was like, there was nothing there. Like we were packing up. There were no pictures on the wall. It was completely empty. And I was like, no. No. And then uh, like my son went to bed and I took her into her nursery to rock her, which is where all those other things for the and his forgettance happened too. And when I walked in, I saw a mist in her nursery. Um, but I didn't think anything of it because we had a white warmer and I was like, well, maybe it's just from the the baby wipes. And then like usually I could just rock her and she would fall right asleep and I'd lay her down. Um she would not like, she kept pulling away and she would, she called my son Yaya. She didn't call him brother, but she kept going brother right there, brother, 
right there. Hi. Uh-oh. Fall down. This is my mama. Hi. And then like all the years that I was like, oh, I want a paranormal experience. I was like, oh my <laughs> so moving right now. <laughs> like, and that happened almost every single night from that point on. Like, so nothing in four years. And then we were like, we're moving and boom. And at, after a while of that happening, I was like, oh my God, the brother. I never discovered the story of the brother. And so then I was like, I can't move out of here without knowing this last person who I don't know. So again, I started going down the rabbit trail. Um, I went to the cemetery down the road and I found the whole family plot and I found the brother and I was like, that's his name. And then I went to like historical records and the day that we closed on this house, I was driving up to like sign the papers and the, the historical society, I think called. And they were like, Leah, we found him. Uh, he died of typhoid fever in his home in 19, I think it was like 1923. And if I recall correctly, he died in the room that was my daughter's nursery. Um, after that, it stopped. After that, it stopped. And then like the house didn't sell right away. It was really stressful. We went back to gather some last things and I saw three tiny pinpricks of light in the dark room and I got this sudden smell of perfume. And we had no air fresheners or anything. Um, and yeah, that, that was that. Hey, Leah. It was the never say. Hey, Leah. After the first time yeah. that my daughter started talking to the corner, I don't care if I was moving in 30 days or in <laughs> 90 days. That would have been the last night. <laughs> the nursery would have been in that room and that we would have been in that room at all. Kudos to you for continuing to go back in there and allowing your daughter to talk to the ghost child. Like, as she told that, I was imagining her carrying her kid, like, get out of here, mist. Shoo, 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 ghost. I think I was just struck and just like, oh my God. That was an really incredible happy. story. Holy cow. I, was, I had chills the entire time. That was nuts. It was wild. It was so wild. She doesn't remember. That's the story that I, I when I was substitute teaching at my kid's school. Hey, that that would have got me. They were yes, like, teacher, I won't talk anymore. I promise. Don't tell me anything else like that. <laughs> that got him to be quiet. <laughs> please, please don't sick the mustache man on me. I'll be good. Yeah. No, that's that's a great story. That's a great. I mean, not for you in the situation and there, because I'm sure that uh, you were freaked out because I would have been. It's like meta, you know, because on the one hand, I'm like, I am so freaked out right now. But also as a storyteller, I am so here for this. Like, <laughs> yeah. keep going. I'm so terrified. Keep going. Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I am here. You know, these boys. Nothing ever happens to them, and I'm, I'm super jealous of that. But I've had, you know, as you'll hear as you listen to more of Appalachian Intelligence, 
Now, I've had quite a few paranormal experiences throughout my life. And, you know, when you're in it, it sucks. You're like, holy crap, well, this has got to, this has got to end. Well, we got to be done with this. But then on the backside, you're like, man, this is going to make for a great story. Yeah. Yeah. And I did hear some of your experiences because you sent me, because I requested, mm-hmm. I was like, I've got to know. I've got to know. So, yeah, I would love to know more. Uh, well, recently due to, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that it was due to a lot of research that I was doing about some entities and old gods here in Appalachia. Um, uh, you know, we say quite a bit on here, the more you look at them, the more they're going to start looking back at you. Uh, so recently, well, recently it's been the last three or four months. Uh, I started having like these weird mimic encounters around here. I was going out to my truck one night and I heard plain as day, my wife holler for me from the front porch. She wasn't there. Everybody was in bed. Um, my youngest daughter, she, she's, she was five at the time. She's six now. Uh, but she, she has this mitochondrial disorder where she has dystonia and stuff at, at you know, when she has these episodes. So when she has these, we give her a tablet. She gets screen time just to kind of rest, reset her brain, gets everything back going. So it was just me and her and my middle daughter here one night. And she was in my bedroom watching her iPad. I was in the recliner in the living room. Um, I don't know, probably working on show stuff or research. Uh, so I was in there and I heard her say, what daddy? I just listened for another second. She said, daddy, what? So I hollered. I said, Riley, what are you, what are you saying? What's going on? And she said, why do you keep hollering at me? I said, baby, I haven't, I haven't said anything. She was like, yes, you did. I heard you holler at me. So, you know, that went on a few nights later. It was kind of the same situation. We were here. Uh, just me and a couple of the kids, her same kind of deal. Well, she starts doing it again. Daddy, what? So kind of the way that my bedroom is, you look out into the foyer uh, and across the hall is my oldest daughter's bedroom. And then you go on toward the kitchen and all this, but I can't see in there from the living room. So she started that again. So I just got up and kind of walked toward the wall on the opposite side of the foyer and just started listening. And a couple times she was like, Daddy, what? You know, I can't walk right now because when she has dystonia, it affects her left leg. So she can't walk. She said, you know, I can't walk. I'm, I'm just resting. I can't walk. So finally, I came around the corner. And I said, Riley, who are you talking to? She said, I was talking to you. I said, what do you mean you were talking to me? I was in the living room the whole time. And she said, no, I saw you standing right there and pointed like behind where I was. And she said, you were doing this. You were motioning with your finger. So I don't know, some some weird doppelganger or something going on with. What's the idea behind mimic? Like I've heard of that, but I don't know a whole lot of like, what's the lore? What's the idea behind that? Well, here um, you hear it a lot with a bunch of these old, these old tales 
uh, and, and you'll hear it in, in certain, you know, cryptid encounters and stuff like that in the modern day. But here, going back as far as I can remember, there have been tales of just these old, like, uh, what was that entity's name? Old Bloody Bones? Was that what it was old called? Bloody old Bloody Bones, yeah. Old Bloody Bones <laughs> that would use people's voice to to holler at them in the woods and try to lure them to them to do whatever. I don't know. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's so chilling. That's so. So that was been more recently. And I think that was based on some research. And I was out in the hot tub one night and I was looking into Lilith and uh, Lilith really started looking back. She was sending owls and crows and there was all kinds of stuff coming to all three of us. (laughs) I had to I had to stop checking on my homegirl Lilith for a little while. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I saw her one night. I was in the hot tub. And I was just kicked back on the back patio and I look over <laughs> across the the building, my outbuilding that was directly in front of me and just step that steps out from behind the building was this lady. She had long black hair and she was in all white, but it was like a raggedy looking white dress or gown of some sort. Not really like a dress, but like just a, a sheer gown, I guess you would cut. I don't know. I didn't. What's that? Like a shift, like the old. Yeah. 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 That's it. Like a shift. That's, that's the word I was looking for. That's what she was in. So I just like, we made eye contact, but I can't really tell you anything about her face. It's weird. But I saw that and I was like, "Uh, it's time to get inside. You know, I mean, this is, I'm out here in the dark by myself. I'm in my my swimming trunks. I'm pretty vulnerable here. Like I'm afraid this lady's gonna close the distance pretty fast if she wanted to. So got up, was getting back into the house. And I was like, I'm not looking back. I'm not looking back. I'm not looking back. But I'm an idiot. So I looked back. And when I did, she was gone, but there was an owl perched on the top of the roof. On the oh building right God. beside of it. Yeah. That so along a- about the same time, um, I'm on my way home. Um, on a Wednesday night, we go over and have a youth group close to where those boys live. That's where my church is at. So we're driving back late Wednesday night. And the road that we live on um, has a ton of wildlife on it. Um, it's more like we, you had to drive through the woods to get, to our house and we, we live in the woods. I just, where we are at, where we're at, um, in the mountains. So a ton of wildlife, a ton of turkey, skunks, uh, raccoons, deer, all, all the things. Right. But never any owls. We n- never have, never have seen any owls on, on the road or even really even around our house. Um, chicken hawks. Yeah, sure. All the kind, but never even heard screech owls or barn owls or anything. So, I don't know, probably a week after Justin has told us that story, um, me and my wife and my two girls are on our way home. And as I'm coming up our, our, the road, the main road, essentially, to get to the turnoff, to get on our back road, to get to our house, um, come around a curve and on the guardrail, my wife says, huh, there's an owl over there. I said, what? And she's like, yeah. 
there's an owl over there. And she went, uh, it's looking at me. Um, it's still looking at me. So the whole time we drove by, it was just like head staring at her. I didn't look at it. I was like, no, nah. I <laughs> didn't, didn't want to think that it happened. Um, so we get home. Um, and I think that was weird. I've never seen an owl, especially like on the guardrail. And that specific moment where we came, it's, it's unusual, but I just chalked it up to unusual things happen. Um, I'm not, I don't have a ton of paranormal things take place. Um, have a little skeptic on certain things, but definitely believe that supernatural things can happen. Absolutely. But don't think that um, synchronicities, the word that they like to use a lot, I just don't believe in them. I don't think it's a thing. I think it's just connections that we make in our brain to try to make things make sense. I don't think it's actually think the universe doesn't align for us to get I know, something that happens. It's just my beliefs. It's just the way it is. Two weeks later, you're wrong. <laughs> same spot, close to the same time. She hits me in the arm and says, Hey, Lance, that owl's back. And wow. right there it was, looking at us as we drove by. Um, haven't, I haven't seen it since. So, your owls are so eerie, too. Like when they fix you with that stare, you're just like, I will do anything you say. <laughs> so the first sighting was like the same night that Justin had his experience. I don't think it was the exact same night, no, but it was definitely like around. A week, yes, definitely within a week to ten days. Yeah, I think so. It, that is so eerie. And yeah, and it, like we've been, I've been driving this road for 10, 11 years now and never seen one there. Oh my gosh. And you don't see them usually. Like, no. They're just so, and they're so silent. So to have it be like in the same spot on a guardrail by the side of the road, more than just unusual. Yeah, That's eerie. Ryan, you you had some owl stuff going on too, didn't you? Around the same time. Oh yeah, that one that flew overhead. That we were we got done recording, and then I went up the yard, and you know, in the streetlight, I'm looking up because it's really clear night. And this was in the summer. Uh, looking up at the stars, and all of a sudden, watch that bird just fly overhead. You couldn't hear a thing, just a shadow. It's like, my goodness, this, they're terrifying. If they were just a little bit bigger, we would be in so much trouble. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. No going sure. out at night. Oh, as a tangent, since you both you all enjoy the the celtic ties into appalachian and culture and everything you should watch the animated irish film the song of the sea song of the sea song of the sea it's got a terrifying owl in it too of course it does of course it does uh, yeah that's where our deep rooted fear of owls come from is our old scots irish ancestors wow but yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty wild for a while. Um, again, we had to take a break from, or I had to take a break from Lilith because it it really was like it was. You know, I know a lot of times you see birds and they're just birds, right? But like, I would go here and there'd be three crows in this tree up above me squawking like crazy or calling like crazy. I guess is what it's called. And just and just look. Go ahead, sorry, just thought you were done. Finish. No, go ahead. You're fine. No, I apologize. I thought you were finished your thought. I just looked up the song of the sea. Mm -hmm. Here's the 
reasons why to watch. Fun, heartwarming, and suspenseful. Mm. One of these things is not like the other. (laughs) (laughs) Apologies, Justin. I thought you were done. No, it's okay. I was just going to talk about how I was getting stalked by crows for a while. It was it was weird. It was really weird. And, you know, like Lilith has always been represented all throughout history with these carry on, you know, birds of prey. So it was it was weird for a while. So she's that's some of my bird feet, right? Yeah. Well, some interpretations of Lilith, she has bird feet. She'll have like the feet of uh, the feet of a crow or an owl, not goose feet. Not goose feet, not like our boy King oh, Goose Squatch. Okay. okay. <laughs> what was that, Leah? Said that would totally ruin her vibe. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Okay, so now that we're operating in the weird, and I promise we'll get back to the Ennis Forgettings. <laughs> I, I won't let you off of here tonight without making the Hill Folk really excited about it. So you can go ahead and be thinking about, you know, how you want to get them really excited. Just uh, I usually pressure people with the last second. I'm like, holy crap. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to say this. But since we're already operating in this weird space, since this uh, the ghost stories and all that kind of stuff led us there. Have you. Well, I guess first off, I should ask. Was there any historical. Uh, ties or was there any historical reference behind anything that you've done with the Ennis Forgettings? Uh, I mean, like it's been so long since I've written it, you know, like my, I want to say, yes, I'm working on something else that is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did that answer the question? Sorry. Eh, kinda. All right. I'm just going to ask you a question. A straight up. Okay. <laughs> have you ever heard the legend of the seven stones? No. Honestly, you've never heard of the legend of the seven stones. At least not by that name. Okay. So. I'm getting ready to blow your mind here. You ready? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we have a contact friend who passed on some information to us that said, hey, can you relay to the AI boys um, something about a legend of seven stones or a fable or a story of seven stones? And then... The repeated phrase, Larry is a liar. Does that mean anything to you? No. Okay. So we can check that one off the list because I don't know about check that one. Check it off. Wait, do you check own, it off. Do you own an Irish wolfhound? No, but my husband <laughs> always wanted one. 
Oh, that's good. That's you're gonna say. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> she was gonna say no, but my husband used to. I was like, all right, I'm back in. I was out, but now I'm back in. <laughs> I, I like this game. Like, I don't know. I don't know what game we're playing, but I like it. We'll, we'll fill we'll, you in in a second. We'll fill you. Let's, okay, we're getting back in it right now. <clears throat> okay, so there's a place in Ireland called Sligo County. Sligo, Sligo, something county. All right. Mm-hmm. And there is a fable, some folklore there called the Legend of the Seven Stones, also referred to as the Children of the Mermaid. All right. And the story goes, it's actually, there's a children's book about it and everything. But the story goes that it's almost like the Little Mermaid, probably where the Little Mermaid, the Disney came from. Uh, there was this mermaid. She came on on shore and and. and she had this like magical amulet that it was said that if a human man could take this amulet, then she would turn into a human and he would take her as his bride. So he does that. They get married. They have seven children. And the way the story goes, there's a couple different versions of the story, but the main one comes from that. She caught the husband, put the amulet up in a, in a safe space to where she could never find it. Mm-hmm. Well, the youngest child finds the amulet and is playing with it one day. Well, she sees it. She witnesses this and then wants to return back to her home to the sea. So she snatches the amulet back up and her and all of her kids go down to the river or the river get down to the water to the sea and she turns back into a mermaid goes into the sea but the children stay on shore and somehow through all the magic they turn into these seven standing stones so they can watch over her for the rest of time okay so that's how the story goes pretty wild story but it's interesting you know it's it's a fun little piece of, of folklore but uh, the name of the town in Sligo County that this legend comes from is called Inniscrone. Really? Yeah. What? It's called Inniscrone. And also, there was a symbol on this amulet. And this symbol is carved into a few of these stones today. We can't see it. It's, no. it's, it's not on little... there. Pick it up with a hard wrist. Keep going. I see text. Well, let's go lower then. Oh, the oh. red. Oh, the red. The red one. Oh, wow. <laughs> the spiral. Oh, my it's God. <laughs> that's so weird so um i was just thinking you know your town and, and all this is called Inniscombe. <laughs> um there are certain symbols throughout your podcast your your story here that they find this continuous spiral I don't know. I thought that was all kind yeah. of weird. That's well, that's super weird. And and as you're talking, I mean, it, it reminded me like I have written things that I thought I made up that turned out to be real. 
Um, yeah. So like, um, I, I originally had a different name for something. Um, and I thought that I had made up an Irish word that means sleeper. And then I went on Reddit to like, well, let's fact check this and see what the real word is. And it was like one letter off. Um, wow. And I ended up scrapping that name, but the, uh, the ritual that they do to protect their homes, I made that up and I was like, oh, this is dumb, but I just got to put something on the page and I'll edit it. And then, um, and it had something to do with, with the herb fennel and what to do with the seeds and the plant in order to protect your home. And then um, actually behind me, I have this modern herbal. It's like a very old herbal book and it has like the medicinal uses and also like the magical uses that people believed. So when I was editing, I decided to fact check and I can't remember if it was there. It was definitely online. It was the exact thing I had written that I wow like thought I made up. So like that's I, awesome. It's it's wild to hear that the Innes Chrome. Like I've been to Ireland. I've never. I did not go to County Sligo, and I did not know that that's a town. <laughs> that is yeah. So well, that so I should really watch out for Larry. That <laughs> Well, I don't know if that was directed towards you or not. Uh, again, this was just information that was supposed to be passed on to us. That is supposed to mean something, I guess. But when I first started looking into it, it was at work. And, you know, Ryan was in the middle of listening to the Ennis Forgettings at that time. And I'll start, you know, just we're searching Legend of the Seven Stones. And there's like. I don't know. There's like a game somewhere in the Middle East or Africa or somewhere that's called that. And it's like a bunch of stuff that it was like, nah, I just don't think any of this is it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I see this children's book called like the seven stones of Sligo County of County Sligo, Ireland. I was like, "Uh Oh, wait a minute. This might, we might be onto something. Oh my so I God. start looking into that, find this story, find all that. And then, I start looking into the actual historical record of this and Ennis Crone popped out, you know, right off the bat. I was like, holy crap. You know, I wonder if this was her inspiration. And then I see the symbol and I was like, dude, this is, this is spot on. So weird. Oh my gosh. That's fascinating. And it's, it's right back to, you know, I started looking into like, you know, the ties, of all these standing stones that are especially in that county in Ireland and how those same types of standing stones and these, these stone circles and structures are still in central Appalachia. Uh, you know, some of them dating back to 10,000 BC. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. I was looking at a lot of this, just, you know, like with your podcast, there's so many ties between you know, this time at, at, you know, the Ennis folk on this Celtic fort to Enniscombe here in an alternate Appalachia. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like the real thing. You know, you have all this stuff from ancient time Ireland to modern day 
central Appalachia. You have all of these ties and a lot of this passed down knowledge and culture and, and belief and you know symbolism and town names. And I don't mm-hmm. know. I just thought it was really, really interesting. And no, that's, that's so fast. Now I really want to go to that town. Yeah, me too. I want to find this mermaid. I need to be friends with people that pass along mysterious, like messages like that. Oh, I can hook you up. (laughs) (laughs) I get them pretty regularly now. Oh, wow. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it'll hit right off the bat. It's like, oh, crap. Okay. And then other times, like this whole Larry is the liar thing, I don't have a flipping clue. We're still looking for Larry. Yeah. Larry. Everybody, or perhaps first Lawrence. time I've first time, <laughs> perhaps Lawrence. Well, I mean, that's short for you know, Lawrence. <laughs> sure, you say so, but <laughs> never heard that. Sure, Ron, yeah, yeah. everybody think, knows Larry is short that. for Lawrence. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it got really sure. awkwardly quiet after I said that. So <laughs> well, I, thought, I thought I felt really dumb in that moment. No, I, I <laughs> thought I, I messed up. I thought I missed an inside joke about no. names. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just not going to say anything. But I will vouch for you. Larry is a nickname for Lawrence. He is correct. Good job, saying. Ryan. Maybe we should be on the lookout for a Lawrence. Maybe I just thought that it was Larry. the only reason I started laughing like that is because I picture just having every Larry or Lawrence or anything close, like these people in a lineup, and then just start <laughs> interrogating all of them. Nope. He's telling the truth. Get him out of here. He's telling the truth. Get him out of here. <laughs> after this episode, you're about to find out exactly how many listeners named Larry you have. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Well, how will we know if they're telling the truth? <laughs> Larry, you're the a liar. Psycho, the psycho All said you're a liar. <laughs> Poor Larry. This is really <laughs> We expect emails from every single heel folk Larry out there. Or hopefully Lawrence. no hopefully no death threats. We don't want any death threats. <laughs> But no, back that, man, this has been a really, this has been a great conversation. Yeah. But back to the Ennis Forgins, because that's the, you and your show are the star of this show for tonight. I just wanted to throw those weird ties in there because it blew my mind a little bit. So I was like, I hope she knows something about this because if not, this is really freaky. (laughs) But back to your show. Okay. If you could. What's the best way to ask? Give a synopsis of the Ennis Forgins that would really excite a listener that would want to bring them to. Because, I mean, we've talked about a lot of the different ties tonight. I mean, there's enough information out there, I'm sure. I mean, look, guys. Ties to ancient Celtic forts, old school Appalachia, granny witches, a lot of weird stuff going on, like the never seen. There are these floating orbs around in the forest that nobody knows what to do with, and they think they possess people. They're scary. 
there's a lot of you don't go out there without a lantern. If you do, you're done had. Okay, you are done had if you're in the woods without a lantern. But I'm gonna quit talking and I'm gonna let you talk because I feel like I'm doing what I just asked you to do. So I think you're doing it better. (laughs) Oh my god! Absolutely not. Like the classic elevator pitch where I'm like. I forgot what I wrote. I don't remember anything <laughs> now that you asked. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So, according to rumor around the haunted town of Inniscombe, Porter Hollis and his mother are cursed by the never seen spirits that haunt the forest and possess your soul if you're out after dark without a lantern. Um. And so that that elevator pitch went went off. It started out really well. Um, so Porter Hollis is 17 years old. Uh, he has an older sister who wants all he wants, all she wants is a normal life. And her mother and her brother are in the way of that because of the stuff that's been happening. Ever since Porter has been born, his mother has had crying sickness. And then when he turned 16, his voice mysteriously left and he can't speak without biting down on something. Um, So he's carrying this like tremendous weight and guilt that his very existence is responsible for his mother's torment and whatever this curse is. So he's determined to get to the bottom of it. And the more he digs, the more he starts to uncover secrets of a long forgotten magic and curse that spans so much more time than he could possibly fathom. Yeah. Yes, that's a great sound bite right there. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> that is going to make a perfect awesome. audiogram. Oh, yay. <laughs> no, guys, seriously, honestly, you have to check it out. Really do. Um, it's great. I mean, and you've heard us talk about it. You've heard our praises on this show all night long. Uh, and I'm I'm really glad that we got into a lot of different stuff. I'm glad that we got to share paranormal experiences, swap ghost stories but around the proverbial campfire. Yeah. I want to get screen. a. I want to get a campfire emoji, like a roaring fire that just stays right here in the middle of all of these. <laughs> so, there we go. She had the there we go. I have a scented candle. There we go. That, that works. You can totally roast marshmallows on a scented candle. I've done it. My son made one, but it's got this weird goat thing on it, so I don't want to. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I knew it was coming. Ryan, whoa! It's the Capricorn. symbol Capricorn. Oh, Capricorn. Capricorn. That's what it is. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it's a symbol for a lot of things, but that's just one of them. Oh no! There's the uh, constellation. Ah! Oh, that's so cool. Is that like a tin can candle? Yeah. He took a soup. Out? Yeah, he took a soup can in and he made this candle. Oh, that's such a great idea. It smells like every stoner's bedroom ever. <laughs> <laughs> straight incense <laughs> it's, it's like walking into Spencer's <laughs> oh my god 
gosh. No free that ads. Wow. They're, they're not a sponsor. <laughs> Yet. Yet. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is it's been our pleasure. Uh again, Hill Folk, all y'all gotta go check out the end is forgettings. Before we jump off here, Leah, where can people find you? Uh well, the podcast is streaming on every place I could find. I don't think I missed anything. So all the major ones, all the minor ones, you can find the Ennis Forgettance there. And then um, on social media, I'm mainly active on Instagram and TikTok. Um, it's at Leah with a pen with dots between each word. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find me. Justin is frozen again. Frozen. So yes, he is. What he was. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> That is the worst pose while you're talking. That's (laughs) oh man. Ryan, you want me to close or do you want to close it? Uh yeah, I can. It's go ahead, buddy. Oh, you know what? I still gotta read the patrons off the new kin folk we have. Um as well as the old. So we got Katie Lakomsky, Maynard W., Keith Bryant, Marksy, Kenneth Bailey, Mr. Beard, The Amazing Rando, Troy, Fido, Outlaw441, Dick Meadows, Devin, Brett Elder, Tybeca, E. Marshall Smith, Rachel Nightingale, Carrie Quite Contrary, Jason Layfield, and Caroline Schultz, which every time I say her name, it makes me want to sing Outcast Caroline. <laughs> well, you, you have a mic, go on ahead. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> we want people to come back and listen. That's but uh, oh, well, Liz Coos back. Comes sliding but in you guys know what to do. Share the show. Give us those ratings. Go share her show. Give her those ratings. Give just her the everybody, downloads. In your, everybody in your contact list. Like just yeah, text just all of them. Start just text sending. every one of them and send them a link to the show and say, hey, go check this out. You will not be disappointed. And tell them you're not going to stop until they do it. That's exactly right. Yeah, just go show her that heel folk love. Look. You know that we're not going to vouch for anybody if they're not top tier caliber. Okay. Top shelf, no (laughs) dust, I like to say. No dust. No (laughs) dust. I like that. But no, Hill Folk, definitely, definitely, definitely go check out the end is forgetting. You will not be disappointed. Flock over there. Give her all the downloads. Give her the five-star review. Show her all the love because it's awesome. It's, it really, really is. Like, I can't wait for new episodes to drop. I wish that I hadn't binged it as fast as, as I did. So, Justin, real quick. Yes, sir. If yes, I sir. say the name Caroline, what do you think of? Sweet. I knew it. I knew that's where he was going. I knew that's where he was going. 
See, yeah, I kept singing well. Outcast. Caroline. Yeah. Caroline. Oh my gosh, we'll say she's mighty fine. I knew he'd do it. He took it away. He took it away. Yeah. He needs very little prodding. No, I don't need much. All right, Leah. Again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great, great conversation. We appreciate you a ton. Oh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. I love your show. I'm so excited to dive in even more. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate, appreciate that. that. We appreciate that a whole lot. And if you ever need um, like a Andre 3000 voice on your show, I'm your guy. You just <laughs> yeah. found it right there. <laughs> or when this uh, next thing you're working on starts to come out, let's have you back and let's promote that. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Because yeah. here's the deal. This is what we, what we say all the time. We're constantly building the tribe. Okay. So now you're in this tribe, whether you really want to be or not. <laughs> Sorry about it. <laughs> you're stuck. You're in the tribe. You're stuck with us from here on out. What have I done? <laughs> we will be checking in regularly. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Oh, I love that. Yes. That's great. Your dues will be expected at the first of every month. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. But no, we appreciate you. Thanks so much. Uh, Hill folk, we love y'all. Boys, love you. Glad we do this for another one. And until next time, we'll see y'all later. Mm